Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. In my conversation with Chantel Lewis, she shares with us some of the initial findings in her doctoral research into Black mixed-race families in the Midlands. I thought, what a great opportunity to sit down with my mom to find out more about her experience married to a Black man and raising mixed-race children. I'm Josh Rivers, and this is our very first Busy Being Black bonus episode with my mom, Josephine. So, Dad's Black, obviously. (laughs) You're white. Yeah. So did you, like, did it ever cross your mind when you met dad and you married dad that, like, you were marrying a black man? No. Why? I think partly because I met him when I was 19. Right. And he was basically my first boyfriend, really. Mm. So I just didn't, I didn't really think about it. Mm. And I didn't think about, um, I just had no, I had no knowledge or no awareness of any of that at all. Right, right. That was just like somebody I met, somebody I liked and then fell in love with. And then that was just it. I didn't look at the ramifications or anything like that at all. And I, mean, I guess because you, Dad was in the military, it's like very normal to have interracial couples, right? Mm. You must have been surrounded by other couples who were yeah, also well, not that many, oh. not that many. Um, actually, no. Really? No. I I I can own like um, Mike and Debbie. Yeah. You know so. So uncle Mike, my uncle yeah, Mike, and your his dad's wife brother Debbie. and his wife Debbie, um, and that, and maybe a couple of others, right? But like, no, not surrounded. So, do you remember <clears> kind <throat> of experiencing any, like, any weirdness, be- like any weird encounters because your your no. husband boyfriend was black? <clears throat> the only, the only, the first time I sort of like became aware of like racism was actually when we moved to Texas. Really? Yeah, so you were about, uh, you weren't even two yet because I wasn't yet pregnant with Shannon, so you weren't even yet two. And um, we'd moved to San Antonio and then we moved on to the base and your dad, (laughs) 
Your dad was out like mowing the grass because you know military. You have to make sure that sort of like. Of course, appearances. Yeah, the grass is as <laughs> short as their haircuts. <laughs> and um, and then um, this lady, like across the across the path, because they were like all terrace houses, and then they faced in to a central path. Mm. And he he'd been mowing the front the front lawn, if you can even call it that. And this lady across the way, like the following day or sometime around there, she was like, you know, welcome to the neighbourhood. And she said that sort of like that I'd moved fast. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, because you've already got like, you know, a gardener oh. doing your lawn. And I was like, it wasn't the gardener, that was my husband. And she just looked horrified. Really? Just horrified. Yeah. And did you you understood that in the moment? Yeah, I knew straight away that she she was like, what? And then um, I got a job um, pretty quick um, for a a law firm downtown San Antonio. And just sort of like, apropos of nothing, you know, doing my job, all this kind of good stuff and everything. And one of the lawyers used the phrase, N-word in the wood pile. And I was like... I double taped so hard. I honestly thought that I might have like broken my neck or yeah. something. I was like, "What the actual?" Right. Yeah, and that was so. That was ironically, you know. I think the racism in this country is a lot less overt. Yeah, I think it's more embedded on me. I don't know, but um, that was the first time I was like, "Whoa." And then we couldn't get, um, when we were in Texas, he had a um, potential to go to Mississippi to get stationed there. And mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, we can't because we're a mixed race couple and mixed race marriages were still illegal in Mississippi. <laughs> so, <he> wow. <laughs> so this well, is the like, early 80s, right? I do not want to go there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it was. But like within the military, generally within the military, it it was, you know, you didn't really see much of it. It's mm. only in te- when we got to Texas, and right. I was like, "You're not even trying to hide it." And so, when so you had me and my sister Shannon, mm. yeah. And so, were there any kind of? Can you remember any like, you know, any experiences from younger on where you were like, "Oh shit, my kid's going to be subjected to some sort of racism." Yes, yes, because also in Texas. I think it was the same family, or maybe next door neighbours. You know, like they're clustered, don't they? Yes. You know, like cancer cells. And they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they said um, w- one of their children, he was only about four or something, and you. So this was after Shannon had been born. So you were you were about two. She was like a couple of months old. It was a lovely day. I'll never forget it. And she, we were out in the front, you were in the paddling pool, and she was in a little swingy bassinet, and I was like, oh, this is really lovely. And then this little, um, this little boy <laughs> just, like, marched across. She's like, fucking white and tight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, a little four-year-old already, you yeah. know. And I, blame, I don't blame him, I blame the parents, but he was still a little shit. Just, like, walked across the, like, marched across the, the grass, and he was like looked in the bassinet at Shannon, looked at you playing, and was like, your children are going to go to hell. And I was like, 
I beg your pardon. <laughs> of course, very British. Just totally channeling the Queen at that point. I do very beg your pardon. <laughs> and um, and he was like, yeah, my my mum says um, that you're gonna your your children are gonna go to hell and you're gonna go to hell. Something about the Bible, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as soon as he mentioned Bible, I was like, oh, I didn't even hear the rest of it. But apparently, there's something in the Bible that says blah blah blah. I don't really care. And and. I was just utterly incensed, mm. just, so I literally, I mean, you could do this in the 80s, grabbed him by the back of his t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. marched him back across the their lawn, which was not as well cut as ours, of thank course. you very much, and like knocked on the door, and I was like, what's the meaning of you teaching your children yeah. to come over here and tell me, and I'm, you know, Fair enough. You have your own. Oh, you know what I just remember. You have your opinions, but you don't say that about my, my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Just like. I just remembered. I was going to ask you if there were any other, but I just remembered there was one. So, when we were living in Bedford, mm. in Kempston. Yeah. And I was in the playground. Yeah. And those kids, grabbed the cat a coke can, and stabbed it with that gold knife. Yeah. And said, "This is what we're going to do to you." nigger yeah and then i ran home to you and you were so outraged and you marched me over to that guy's house and like yelled at his dad yeah yeah it's just i it just oh but i still even then because like even even then you know when you were like six or seven i was still only 26 right yeah yeah still a flipping child myself do you know what i mean yeah and didn't have you know any of the the knowledge the weapons the arsenal Mm. really do you know what i mean so i was ignorant you know and you don't really realize that until you come up against it you know then it's at that point that you actually realize what your own ignorance is not just other people's but your own sort of like one the obliviousness of sort of like here I am hippie tripping through in life you know everything is marvellous my lovely little family and it's sort of like actually no right there are some bloody nasty people out there you know what's so funny about this is that and dad's probably going to hate that I repeat this but you know know. (laughs) what was it Anne Lamott said if if your family don't want you to write about them they should have behaved better (laughs) so he I remember this was 2006 and I was living with you mm. in, um, in, the, in, the, in the barn. Yeah. And I said, Dad, what was it about... I told you about this. What was it... You know, why mum? And he was like, I wanted to have smart, attractive kids. And that's what I got. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and for him, it was like, mission well, accomplished. Well, and what I find so t- funny... He said the same thing to me. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what I find funny about this is that, like... He, as a black man, can make a decision to um, marry, fall in love with, have children with a white woman. Mm. And he, he's going into that with a very different idea yeah. about what the outcome of that will be. Yeah. Whereas in, in your case, or and in your case, yeah. rather, it was kind of, that was your first encounter yeah. with grappling with... Yeah. Right, you brought these mixed yeah. race children into the world, yeah. and yeah. you know you weren't to know yeah. necessarily before that what they no. would what they would encounter. Because that was like my first encounter with a relationship. Right. You know, so that's like not even, you know, so 
that's not even sort of like, oh, I've got a couple under my belt. I know what relationships are supposed to be yeah. like. Right. like. No. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so I didn't end. know any. I didn't. I was. I was so 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 ignorant. So ignorant. Well, one of the things I tell people all the time now is that since I, <laughs> I talk about all the time when I read about um, the Baltimore riots and Freddie mm. Gray. And I was in the barbershop and I was crying and I called you afterwards and I was like, can you believe it? And I was so enraged and you were like, I, you know, I can't help you with that, <laughs> right? Like that's, yeah. you're coming into your blackness. Yeah. But I tell people all the time is that story also because you, you were supportive. But that also, it, you very much um, started the journey then too in a really yeah. meaningful way. Yeah. It was yeah, very I important so. for you to catch yourself yeah. up. Not only yeah. on racism, race, your whiteness, yeah. my mixed blackness, yeah. you know, but also about LGBTQ issues. Yeah. Like it seems like you've done like a really along yeah. with me done a speed yeah. course yeah. in coming up to and speed. From a purely selfish point of view. What do you mean? It's been really freaking cool. Oh right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like uh, it's like my responsibility. Mm. you know to learn as much as I can and sort of like support as much as I can and catch up some, mm. from my ignorance you, you know what I mean totally. so yeah well thanks for having this conversation with me that's alright love I think it'll provide some beautiful context <laughs> it's like no about that <laughs> Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. Thank you to our partners, UK Black Pride and Blackout UK, and to you, the listeners. Remember this, your support doesn't cost any money. Retweets, shares, ratings, and reviews all help, so please keep the support coming. Finally, thank you to Anthony Giles, a queer black Grammy-nominated producer based in New York City for these bomb-ass Busy Being Black beats. Ashe. Ashe.